I'd like to share a few minutes on joy. This time of the year, we see the extremities of joy. We see high joy, and we see no joy. And I don't know if there's any time of the year when it's at a greater display than at Christmas time. I mean, you can see it with people trying to park their vehicles in the mall. Um, have you ever experienced somebody stealing your parking spot? And it's like, well, there was another one just two cars down. No, no, I want this one. And I will confess to you that I'm probably the guy trying to sneak in front of you. <laughs> no time of the year, I think, is joy either increased or stolen or decreased or snatched more than Christmas time. And if it's not parking in a mall, it's walking in the mall and seeing one gift and having four people going for it. My wife, when she knows there's one left, she gets up early and she will go and get it. And she's got a plan on how to get it. Joy. Have you ever seen somebody in the mall and you smile at them and they frown or they growl when they look at you? Like literally you can hear them growl and you're going, I thought Christmas was the happiest time of the year. But I think there's an aspect of Christmas that accentuates the level of joy and whatever level you're at with respect to joy, either your joy increases or if you're on the other side of the pendulum, it's like your joy, it, it, it decreases. And it's very hard to find an even keel at Christmas time. Um, not just shopping. Have you ever had those fun family gatherings with relatives so-and-so? Uh, yeah, never that seem to suck the joy out of everything that is happening. And you've got so much excitement. You've got this gift that you want to give somebody and they get the gift and they open it up and then all of a sudden auntie or uncle or cousin or relative or mom or dad or somebody says, oh, I had that. It didn't work too good. Or, oh, that's the wrong size. Or, oh, I've already got one. And your level of joy goes from there to like below the ground in a nanosecond. Anybody ever experienced that? It's okay to raise your hand. So I want to talk a little bit about joy this morning. Because I believe as a, as a believer, I don't think joy is something that's temporary. I don't think joy is based on what happens. I don't think joy is based on the parking lot or the spot that I get when I drive into Costco and I have to walk an extra 300 meters. But often what we do is we 
place a value on those things of joy and of a happiness, and we place a value on something that's on a temporary measure. So I want to talk to you this morning. I want to give you a few verses. I want to show you some thoughts from the Scriptures regarding joy. And my prayer is when you walk out of here today that you will have a greater understanding of joy that will help permeate through the Christmas season. Do you know they say that psychologically after Christmas is the greater t greatest amount of depression that people face? And there's a number of factors why. One of them is the weather. There's an actual phenomena due to the weather with the clouds and low pressure. There's another thing called money. You know, you get that bill from the Visa, the MasterCard, and, and, and that affects people tremendously. So I want to talk a little bit and I want to give you some verses. I want to encourage you this morning for you to look at the lifestyle of joy from a different perspective. You will never change if you don't change the way you think. So if you're not satisfied with your life, and if you were to be honest with yourself and you'd say, you know what, my level of joy on the joy meter is a 5 and it should be a 9 or a 10 or a 7 or 8 at least. And, and it's down at 5 and I know it's going to hit a 3 before it bounces up. If, you, if you're living like that, you have to change the way you think in order for you to see a change in the way that you live. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sow some seeds into you and I'm going to give you some things that I hope will cause you to think differently about your perspective of joy. That you will go through this next month and instead of it being a roller coaster, my prayer is that you will change the way you think and that your emotion and joy will stay steady or even increase. I don't know about you, but I'm always game for increase. I'm always game for joy. I like joy. I've seen the alternative, and I don't like it. If I'm going to experience anything, I'll experience joy. So if you could turn to Romans 15. And actually, this verse, my wife put this, I believe, on our Christmas cards this year. And as I was reading and studying and going through some verses, I came across it again, and I was looking at it, and it, it just hit with me, and I've got, about, I've got a number of verses. I've got a lot of verses this morning that I'd like to go through. But the first verse I want you to see is Romans 15, verse 13. And Romans 15 comes after Romans 14. Okay. Okay, I, I, might, I might have to tell you a few jokes this morning to get you awake. Romans 15 comes after Romans 14. Romans 14 talks about relationships in the body. And Romans 15 continues on with that. And then it, as he gets to this passage, he actually talks about how the Gentiles have been accepted into the kingdom and how God has made a way for the Gentiles to be grafted in and to be part of the kingdom of God. And so in this passage, he goes now, after he talks about the Gentiles rejoicing, 
and Gentiles praising God and, and, and Gentiles being accepted into the hope. He says, now may the God of hope, do you know God's a God of hope? And I, God's a God of hope. As we read this, I'm going to go very slowly. The God of hope, the God of a favorable expectation. Not a hope that I'll just win a, lux, a, a lotto. You know, we, we use the word hope now and it has become so watered down. Well, I hope to get this. I hope to get that. And then what we do is we place that word hope and we place that into our definition of God. God is the God of hope. He is the God of a favorable expectation. He is the God that is the one that ex- puts in you an expectation and an expectancy of his greatness, of his goodness, and of him. Do you know that God does everything that God does for you is for your good? Everything God does for you is for your good. He will not do something for your bad. Now, he may spank you, but when he spanks you, it's for your good. He may discipline you, but when he disciplines you, it's for your good. He does not sit in heaven and say, he doesn't wake up in the morning. By the way, he doesn't wake up, but I use that in our terms. He doesn't wake up in the morning and say, how can I mess with David today and make his life miserable? I I used to... uh, go to Castle Fun Park. And they've got this game called Whack-A-Mole. You know, with seven or eight holes. And the mole pops his head up and you get this beautiful club like you're in the Flintstone era or something like this. And you get to go bang, bang. And we have this picture of God that he's kind of like a cosmic whack-a-mole. I've heard people say to me, well, it's been so good, I'm just waiting for it to turn. You know, life has been so good to me this last week. <laughs> I know it can't continue like this. I'm just waiting for the bat- next shoe to drop. They refer to it as Murphy's Law. I refer to it as God's Law. I don't believe in Murphy. I believe in God. But I've met people that say, well, and excuse me for saying it this way, but the guy upstairs, have you ever heard that expression? The guy upstairs, he must really like me today. I'm thinking, yeah, he likes you tomorrow too. But we have this idea that all of a sudden things are happening to me, so now i got to watch what I say or watch what I do because if I say one thing wrong, all of a sudden everything's going to be wiped away and I'm going to be destitute and lonely and in this terrible place. And we have this picture of God that the moment something good happens in our life, he sits there and goes, never for you. We poke our head up. We actually get a profit. We actually enjoy a meal. And it's like, no, you can't do that. And that's the picture we have of God. But he's the God of hope. He's not a God of a big stick. He's the God of a favorable expectation. I want to change the way you think today. So may the God 
who is the God of a favorable expectation, fill you. Man, he doesn't want to empty you. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. When you look at that word fill, it actually means fill. It means like to bring it up to the top. Now, I I probably shared this a few times, but I have, I came from a large family. And when we would have dinner time, we would have our cups. And we'd have a jug of juice and if you got the jug of juice at the end, it only had a little bit left in it, and your cup never got full. But if you were fortunate enough to grab the juice, and I mean, and we had to pray, so you'd, you know, you'd be praying, and then you'd be, while you're praying, you know, and we'd, all us boys would be sitting there, and yes, you're praying, you're thinking, should I go for the juice, or should I go for the meat? Should I go this way? Should I go that way? When I open my eyes... Is my brother going to be going like this? Or has my brother got something right in front? I mean, literally, I, would, I had those thoughts when we pray. I'd strategize on how I'd get my meal. <laughs> and so if you waited too long or if the cup of the juice was at the far end of the table and by the time it came to you, I never enjoyed getting a half a cup of juice. Even if I only drank a little bit, I still wanted it to be full. It says, may the God of hope fill you. Who here needs a filling from God? <laughs> You're in the right place. And when he fills you, he takes it all the way to the top. In fact, what you find out, he doesn't only take it to the top, but he's overflowing. He's in a God of abundance. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God who supplies all your needs according to His riches, not yours. He's a God that says, what do you need? My grace is sufficient. My grace is all there. My grace is able to take care of what you need. He's the God that says you will not be tempted above what you cannot handle. Do you know everything you face, you can handle. Every single thing that you are facing in life, God has said you can take care of it. You can handle it. He will not put you in a place that you can't handle. Now, it doesn't mean you do it alone. You do it with the God of hope. But every situation that you face, God says, I'm bigger than that situation. This morning, God wants to fill some of you And the first thing he says, may the God of hope fill you with joy. Fill you with joy. I think we don't laugh enough. I I, I don't think we laugh enough. I see non-believers laughing more than believers. I've heard some preachers say I'd rather be with a happy heathen more than with an unhappy or grumpy Christian. And sometimes I understand why. I've been with grumpy Christians. The sun's out, it's too hot. The sun leaves, it's too cold. There's not enough rain, then the rain comes and it floods. Then the rain leaves and now it's a drought. In wintertime, they wish it was summer, and in summertime, they wish it was winter. 
I had a guy that I talked with who was not well, and I asked him if I could pray for him, and he said, no, this is my lot in life. Who would want to be associated with me if I walk around all the time and say, this is my lot in life. This is my cross that I am to bear. Oh, this is the God that I serve. He doesn't know how to take care of me. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. He wants to fill you with joy. He wants to fill you with joy. It says in Proverbs that a merry heart does good like a medicine. Dr. Jesus sometimes says, you just need to laugh a bit. That's your prescription. I don't have jokes to tell you this morning. Because I find most of the time when I tell my jokes, they don't have, they, the, the, I miss the punchline. You know? I tell them to my kids, they look at me, and then I have to explain them. And once you have to explain your joke, it's not funny any longer. But God is here to tell you that he wants to fill you with all joy. The joy that God has is the purest, best kind of joy that you can have. Let me ask you what brings you joy. What brings you joy? Now, don't answer that out loud, Olivia. Is it in the thing that you do? If you get a great sense of joy in the thing that you do, that's fine. What are you going to do when you don't do it anymore? Because if you base your level of joy based on what you do, when you stop doing it, what's going to happen? A lot of retired people have to change their whole lifestyle because they had this sense of joy and accomplishment, which is fine, but they had it based and grounded in the wrong thing. And when they quit their job, when they retired, when they got shown the door, because sometimes it's not a pleasant thing, and all of a sudden they wake up the next day and their retirement, and they're looking at it going, what do I do now? If your joy is based on what you do do it based on God because otherwise your doing ends up because it's a temporary thing. If you base your joy on something temporary, when the temporary ends, what happens next? So you're looking at Christmas season. If you're expecting, if your joy comes from an iPad 2, or an iPad Air, if your joy comes from a PlayStation 4, if your joy, and I'm Boy, I wish my kids were here. I should preach it to them and I could get away with just buying them candy. If your joy comes from a certain style of clothing, if your joy comes from an expectation of a gift, what happens when that gift comes and it doesn't work? What happens when that gift comes and you find out that it's only got 30 minutes worth of joy and then it's finished? What happens... When you get a gift of clothing and you come to church next Sunday and somebody else is wearing the same thing. And then what do you do? It's of the devil. It's not joy. When you base your joy on something that's temporary or has a shelf life, you, what happens after that expiry date ends? What happens next?
and enjoy in life, and you see it all around, commercials sell joy. They sell prestige. They sell excitement. What they're trying to do is appeal to you to buy it. And quite often people buy it, and then they find out that didn't really do it. I worked, and I saved, and I slaved, and I got this, and now I've got it. And it's not really everything it cracks up to be. You know, it's four wheels. I step on it. It goes vroom. It gets me where I want to go. But I don't see everybody turning their heads when I drive by. It's not as shiny as it is on TV. It doesn't fit me the way it fits that guy who looks so good. And when I put it on, I got a little pouch. I got a little... It doesn't look the same. And I based my joy on something that was temporary. I based my joy on something that was not eternal. Because the eternal does not change. The temporary will always change. That's why they call it temporary. So when you base your joy on something other than God, you are basing your joy on something that will run out. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. It's not even in the neighborhood that you live. If only I could live in this neighborhood. If only I could have this house. If only I could have this in front of me. If only I could do better than the guy next to me. Have you ever sat down and you watch somebody drive in and they're smiling and happy and joking around and you go, Ugh, why do they get to smile and laugh and not me? So you think, I got to do what they're doing. I got to have what they've got. I've got to expect or do or, or drive the same thing. I've got to dress the same way. I've got to use this. I mean, they're laughing at nothing. I mean, people get out of vehicles and they're laughing and you're standing there going, there's nothing happening. Why are you laughing? So you think, I've got to make this happen for myself. Now, maybe I'm just being a little too transparent this morning. You, you're going to have to pray for me because Pastor David struggles with joy. But when you base your level and expectation of joy on something that is not God, but something that is temporary or human, you will never truly be satisfied. You may enjoy it for a moment. You may enjoy it for a day. You may enjoy it till it runs out of gas and then you got to pay for it. You may enjoy it for that moment or for this moment or for the expression. You might enjoy it while everybody oohs and ahs and then all of a sudden somebody else comes wearing something better or somebody drives something nicer and all of a sudden the oohs and ahs go to them. And then the joy turns to depression. When you place your joy on something that is temporary, you will always find that it will end. But when you base your joy on God, He never ends. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so may the God of hope fill you with all joy. That's the kind of filling station I like. 
I don't have to go there every six days and fill up and pay a, a mortgage payment just so I can drive around the block 16 times. Your joy is not found in the friends that you have. If you base your joy on the amount of money you have, what happens when that runs out? What happens when the career that you think will buy you everything that you want all of a sudden has a downturn? Oh, pastor, you're preaching a good sermon. Everybody's so excited about joy this morning. They're going, preach it, pastor. Tell me about other things that just make me depressed. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. When you base your life on something other than God, when your common denominator is not God, you will find that you will not experience lasting, fulfilling joy. You will have a temporary high or a temporary happiness, but when that runs out, what's the next thing? We have people all around us and I'm sure you could point your finger at them when you walk through a mall that are chasing one thing after another after another. I'm here to tell you, you chase after God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. To me, this is the most exciting, joyful time of the year. But it's also, it is the most stressful time of the year. So I want to give you a few thoughts on how you navigate through. And one of the first things is do not base it on something that's temporary. Do not base your joy on something that's temporary. Enjoy it. Have fun. I'm all about that. But at the end of the day, when you lay your head on the pillow... If you're not thanking God and enjoying Him and appreciating what He has done, that will end up and it will be like an expiry date on a carton of milk and it will not go past that date. We need to change the way we think. Now, we've been talking about being living under the influence. Uh, I want you to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit this season. And then you go through this verse. It says, Now may the God of peace fill you with all, I mean, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. So it's not only the God of hope, but he wants you to abound in hope. He wants you to abound in a favorable expectation. I heard one guy share with us that he believes every believer should be a pessimist. Is that right? Is a pessimist a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing. Optimist. Thank you. I'm not a psychologist, but my daughter helps me out. She straightens me out after church, says, Dad, you shouldn't do this. No. He believes every believer no matter what your makeup is, should be expecting and having a favorable expectation. Optimist, thank you. An eternal optimist. You say, well, that's just not the way I'm wired. No, that's the way God's wired. And I get my life from Him. 
I don't care if you're glass half empty, glass half full. I like to drink it anyways. I don't care if, if it doesn't. You put your trust in him and you will abound in hope. You will actually abound people. <laughs> I'll use this time of the year. Can you imagine sending your child to sit? You know, you go to the mall and, and they got the, the, the Santa's village sitting there. <laughs> Can you imagine your child going to sit on Santa's knee and him going, Ugh, what do you want? I'm tired. Don't bother me. The child will never want... You don't go, you don't send your child, you send your child to sit on his knee because he's going to be happy. He's going to go, ho, ho, ho. How are you? You don't go to somebody to get a downer. You don't go to somebody to be depressed. You go to somebody that builds you up. That's why Santa is so much fun. Because people expect something. And I don't believe in Santa, by the way. I'll just put that on the tape. There's kids here, I know. Parents, you're going to have to talk to me later. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your believing that you may... that you may abound in hope. So this Christmas season, my prayer for you is that you would experience a joy that is based on Him. Not a joy based on what gifts may be under the tree, not a joy based on what you think you're going to get, but a joy based on what He did and who He is. And a joy based on an eternal standard, not on a temporary measure. And that, he wants you to turn around and take that and have that come out of you. So I'm going to throw something at you. And you may have to go home and you might have to think about this a bit. But I would suggest to you as a believer Everybody that comes in contact with me should walk away being blessed, having an expectation that is greater than when they came, that has uh, filled with some hope that they didn't see before. I'm going to suggest that to you, that every one of you, when you come in contact with somebody who's trying to take your parking spot, when you run through the mall and there's one gift left and there's six of you chasing after it. That the God of hope, <laughs> you say, yeah, I hope he gets me the gift. May, that he may fill you with all joy and peace in your believing and that you would abound in hope. I would suggest to you and I want to throw this at you that this season you are the carrier or the transmitter of joy to other people and that they will walk away with a greater expectation and a greater hope than when they walked in regardless of your personality type regardless of your situation 
It's because you have a relationship with Christ and he is eternal. So everything I do is founded in joy. And I'll be, I can show you in the scriptures that joy preceded his birth. So everything inside of me that is through Christ is, is birthed in and related with and connected with joy. It's not something I put on Sunday morning. It's not something I put on Wednesday afternoon. It is something that is a part of me 24-7. I have an expectation and I have a joyful disposition, not because of who I am, it's because of who He is. And this season, you and I will be in contact with the Grinch more often than you think. And you have the opportunity to give them hope. You have the opportunity to show them joy. You have the opportunity to laugh and smile and they look at you and they say, what's with you? And you can literally have a cup of coffee in your hand and say, you know what? I love this time of year, but I have a king who created all this. I, I enjoy this, you know, and, and I enjoy blessing other people and, and I enjoy the fun, but you know what? My king loves me and he died for me and he gave me life. I have an eternal perspective. I don't just look at this week. I don't just look at next week. But I've got something inside of me that looks to the future. It looks forever. And it doesn't get any less or weak, weaker as the days go by. You might come across somebody that's just trying to get by. You can give them something of an eternal hope. And a joy that resonates deep inside of you. Because you don't base your hope, you don't base your joy on something that's temporary. It is based on something that's eternal. The temporary always runs out. If you look at Luke t chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, both of them verse 10. You don't have to go there, but if you were to look at those two verses, if you want to write them down in your new journal that you have on the app, Luke 2.10 and Matthew 2.10, both of them are relating to the birth of Christ and they refer to the joy. One of them was when the angel came and said, I bring, don't be afraid, I bring you great tidings, uh, good tidings of great joy. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This time of the year is probably the time of the year where emotions can be up one minute and down the next second. And they can go up the next day and they can be smashed and crashed the next moment. And they can go up the next day and they can actually stay there for a day and a half. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this is awesome. And then they get crushed. And if you live your life like that, you're going to get dizzy, you're going to get seasick, you're going to get car sick, you're going to get motion sick, or you can base your life on Christ and say, you know what, the greatest joy is what He brings. And He brings it every day. 
He brings it all the time. And I base my joy on Him, not on the date, December 21st, 24th, 25th. I don't base it on that. I base it on Christ my Savior. It says in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Talking about being under the influence. I have found as I study this, I know God the Father, I know God the Son, and I know God the Holy Spirit. But what I'm amazed as I study the scriptures, how often they're all three tied in the same area, in the same passage. You'll read about God the Father in one verse, the next work it talks about Jesus his Son, and then the next verse it talks about how the Holy Spirit equips and powers and enables us. And they're all connected. They don't work independently of each other, they work cooperatively together. They're not in competition. So when I read the scriptures, I'm amazed at how often it says things like, and in Romans 15, uh, the verse there that we started with, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, and that you may abound in hope. And then it says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. This season... Change the way you think. Change the way you think and say, this season, I'm going to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to live under the influence of myself or the influence of advertising. I'm going to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, when I see somebody, I'm going to convey joy. I'm going to extend hope. I'm going to show them peace. I'm going to show them through the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that I don't go up and down like this. I may have good days. I may have bad days. I may have things that frustrate me. I may have vehicles that park where I should be parking. I may have only one gift and 16 people going for it. I may have all those things but I've got a hope and I've got a joy that is not based on what I walk out the store with, but it's based on who resides in my heart. My challenge, my challenge to myself is to constantly be aware of the Holy Spirit in my life. Constantly. Constantly, even when I'm sleeping. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to be with me, speak to me, and minister to me even in my sleep. I am not convinced that it's just when I, my eyes are open. I believe He's there 24 hours a day for my good. And I see verses that talk about my sleep. I see verses that talk about His abiding presence. And He wants to come and He wants to fill you with joy. He wants to make you laugh. Like laugh, not ha, ha, that was funny. He wants you to laugh so that you cry because you're laughing so much. Come on, he's a good God. He's a funny God. 
And this season, don't base your joy on something that's temporary or something that will not last or something that you're hoping for and somebody doesn't get it for you. But base your hope and your joy on the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who does not lie, who does not change, who is the one that established things and he has won the victory and he has purchased it by his blood so that you and I can live a life that is victorious, not a life of defeat. Base your joy on what he did. Read the passage about his birth and see how many times the word joy and gladness are in those two passages in Matthew and in Luke. You would be amazed at how much joy is around his birth. And that's what you can pass on to someone else. And I'm running out of time here, but I want to tell you why is this important. Because your joy is connected to your hope, and your hope is connected to your joy. Life in the kingdom is not just one thing, it's everything, and they're all connected. Living under the influence of the Holy Spirit isn't just one thing, it's everything that I do. And my joy is connected to my hope. And when I live under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not talking about just Him influencing, I'm talking about Him being a part of my life. I'm not interested in some little influence that goes in and out. I'm interested in the influence of the Holy Spirit 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Every single thought that I have is subject to Him. I'm not interested in something that just passes. I'm interested in him completely. And what I find when I study the scriptures and when I look is everything is connected. It's not just joy, but there's hope. And your hope has an expectation and your joy has an expectation. And they're connected through the kingdom and through the relationship with the Holy Spirit. So why is this important? Because you, you don't want the enemy... To rob you of your joy. Why is it important? Because when you know where your base of your joy is, and when you know what is the basis and the, the, the root of your joy, the enemy cannot rob you of it, and he will try to rob you of it. You don't think so? <laughs> Just try parking <laughs> in a parking lot with 7,500 other people and three empty spots. You don't think the enemy wants to steal your joy. If you base your joy on that, he'll have a heyday. Instead, just laugh. And go, well, <laughs> I didn't get that one. When you have the proper perspective of joy, it affects everything you do. Paul had the proper perspective of joy. He wrote the book of Philippians while he was in prison. And the book of Philippians is actually a, boy, a book about joy. <laughs> he wrote about rejoicing in the Lord always when he was in prison under somebody else's command. 
In James, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Make joy a part of your life. Whether you're in prison, whether you're experiencing a trial, count it all joy. Change the tables. It's not based on the temporary, it's based on the eternal. It says in Isaiah chapter 61 that he'll turn your, he'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. If you've been mourning, God wants to turn that around and give you the oil of joy. says in Proverbs 15, 15, it says, a cheerful heart has a continual feast. I just like that. A, con a, a cheerful heart has a continual feast. It says another one in Proverbs 12, 25, it says, heaviness in the heart of a man makes, uh, heaviness in a heart makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. This next few weeks, things are going to ramp up. They just do. It's part of the season. I, I don't understand it. The season of most joy can be the season of the craziest time of the year. We are a funny people. I'm talking about humans. We are funny. But you can make a difference. And don't base your joy on something temporary. Base your joy on something eternal. And literally, every morning when you wake up, if you have to, stand in front of the mirror, point to yourself and say, today I will be joyful. Come on. If you have to have a pep talk, have a pep talk. David did. On a number of occasions, he encouraged himself in the Lord. But I want to encourage you, base your week, base your day, base your thoughts on his joy, not on yours. On what he has. In Nehemiah, it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? I would tell you a bunch of funny jokes, but my jokes are so sophisticated, I'm not sure you'll understand them. But laugh. Laugh. <laughs> Smile. I'm just about finished. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody here could use a little shot of joy? I want you to stand up. We're going to close. If anybody wants prayer for any needs, you can come forward. We'll pray for you. But right now, I'm just, I'm just going to ask God to give you a shot of joy. Come on.
Who here could use a little shot of joy? A little B12 shot. Roll up your sleeve, get ready. He's going to inject you with a little bit of joy. Come on, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. The Holy Spirit, he's not boring, he's fun. And I want you to walk out these doors smiling bigger than when you walked in. And I'm not, asked, I'm not interested in just a little shot, a little bit will do you. I'm interested in the Holy Spirit captivating you and touching you and changing you and transforming you and giving you a taste of what is real and something that is true. So if you need a touch from God, if you're looking at things and you're going, I don't understand, raise your hands right now and I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Just come. Phil, make them laugh. <laughs> Hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, replace any joy that I have that is temporary with your joy. Lord, make my jokes funnier. Lord, make me laugh more. Come on, let's be serious. Let's have fun worshiping Jesus. Man, if you've got a bad sense of humor, ask him to give you a good one. Hallelujah. I'll be happy for you. Hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. You are so good. You are so good. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. You are so good to me. You are so good to me. Oh, I love you, Lord. Worship him. Worship him. Let's just take a minute. Let's just worship him for a minute. Give him everything you've got for the next minute. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, you are so good to me. Oh, I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. You are so good to me. You are so good to me. Lord, you replace my mourning with your joy. Lord, you fill my life. You fill my mouth with laughter. Lord, you fill my days with good things. Oh, I will sing of your praises, oh God. I will worship you, God. I will bless you, Lord. I will worship you, God. so good to 
Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you'd fill us with joy. That we'd be fun people to be around. <laughs> that we'd laugh. Lord, I ask that you just pour out your spirit and let it overflow and let it seep, not just here, but seep into my home, seep into my car, seep, seep into my job, seep, seep all over the place, that it would leak all over the place, that I would... I, I just like give up trying to keep track of it because I just can't contain it. Lord, I ask for an infectious joy to fill the hearts of everyone here today. 
they'd walk into places and the joy of the Lord would just overtake those rooms. They would overtake those hallways. They would overtake those offices. They'd overtake those vehicles that your joy would just like show up. I ask you to give everyone a fun week. Amen. Amen. If you would like some prayer for healing or any other ministry, feel free to come forward and we will pray with you. Otherwise, have a great week. God bless you.